before we really get into it, uh, you know, you came on here because I told you Luke Daniels was on the podcast. And he was really funny and clever and made us look like shit. So we need you to be less funny and clever. Can you do that? That will not be a problem. <laughs> I can promise you I will deliver on that. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With me is Josh Hatfield and JDS. Yep. Yeah. And we have a special guest, Scott Meyer, writer of the Magic 2.0 series and several other books. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now you also have a webcomic. Oh, I had a webcomic. It's in reruns now. But uh, but yeah, I had a webcomic for uh, many years called Basic Instructions. Ooh, is that still... Still, well, you said it's in rerun, so yeah, it, it is still available. Yeah. It's at basicinstructions.net, and I'm still very proud of it. It's just I haven't done a new one in a long time, so I, I don't want people going in there, you know, wondering why all the copyright dates are from 2011. Well, you, you did it, you did multiple comics a week, right? Every for years, yeah, yeah, uh, uh between two and three a week, so, so 2.5 a week is what so I'm is saying. rerun just a nicer way of not saying like stagnant. <laughs> yes yes thank you for putting your foot down about that <laughs> it's just like uh, it's not like a weekly post thing right they're just there for the it taking sounds, it sounds better than a than, than creatively bankrupt yes now it's um uh i i am rerunning them all in the order they originally ran three times with a new rerun coming up three times a week so if someone were someone had never heard of the comic before and did start subscribing now they would get what to them is new material three times a week well how many do you know how many comics that you have well over a thousand so so it's it, when i first uh, started the reruns three years ago now i figured it would take me about six years to burn through them and uh <laughs> That appears to be the pace I'm going at. And you said uh, people subscribe. You sign up with your email, or do you just go to the website? Uh, it's a it's an RSS feed, old school RSS feed. So That's if how you people use... subscribe to Pod, he he has no idea what you're saying. What, is it, so <laughs> this thing is on the lines, right? <laughs> yes, it is on the lines. Like you no, got... I, I just wanted to check it out. I don't know how to get to it. I'll ask these guys later. You don't <laughs> mail people copies, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I have no, dialogue, that business yeah. model did not work out. Um, so you said you don't write anymore. Would you consider coming out of retirement to write one last one about us? No. Uh, <laughs> your honesty is overwhelming. I did not quit doing basic instructions because it was getting easier to write. You yeah. know, <laughs> I, I can't, I don't want to give anyone any false hope that I intend to, uh, to relaunch the strip from scratch ever in any, you know, anytime soon. So but you're not slowing down on books, right? You got your new, uh, 
new one coming out next month, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a part of part of why I stopped basing instructions was because I was putting more and more of my time into the novels. And as you said, the sixth Magic 2.0 book, uh, the Vexed Generation, comes out on the sixth of uh, June. I had to think about what the name of the month June was there for a second. June, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. one. Now, is yeah. that is the only that... one not named after a Roman god? Well, it doesn't have an airy at the end June. of it or anything. It's June. Is that the audio book or the written book coming out then? That is the audio book. Uh, currently, the uh, when the Magic 2.0 books come out, they're initially published by Audible. So they Thanks. are Audible exclusives for the first six months. That's beautiful. I so love how that. Does, how does that happen? How do you end up being Audible's hand-picked man boy? Uh <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the word I was looking for. The same, the same way you end up being anyone's him, anyone's man, boy. Blind luck. Um, now it's uh, really uh, my uh, the first three books came out, uh, and I was very, very happy with my uh, publishing situation with those. But as often happens in the publishing business, there was a completely amicable hiccup in that relationship. It, uh, I have published other books with them since. We are fine. But I ended up uh, looking for a new home for the Magic 2.0 books. And Audible is, you know, I'm very lucky that Audible were the ones who uh, raised their hand and said, hey, come on over here. So so that is how that happened. I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, I don't I don't actually read, but I love audiobooks. Yeah, I uh, a long time ago, I was in a career where I, where I did a ton of driving and audiobooks kept me sane. They uh yeah, I, I am nothing but proud to be involved in audiobooks. The idea that anybody out there is listening to my stuff and it's helping them get through some long, repetitive task more easily uh, makes me sleep better. Yeah. I used, yeah, speaking of long, repetitive tasks, I used to be a drug smuggler, so audiobooks really oh. helped me out. And that's how I stumbled onto you, honestly. That's right, the the, the, the long nights muling drugs across the uh, <laughs> southwestern deserts really go by when you're listening to some Clive Cussler or something. So how is it different? Is it different writing a book just to be, you know, to come out as an audiobook, or do you just write it just like a regular novel? Uh, well, they do come out uh, for Kindle and paper eventually usually about six months after they come out on audible so no i uh i i have not had to uh make any um any adjustments what we do do however <laughs> i said do do uh, <laughs> we, we were all grinning at each other when you said do do just so you know we were gonna let it pass well <laughs> you don't need to um but uh but no what uh one thing i have done is uh because i know I, I've I've had enough books read by Luke now that uh, we will actually when I'm writing dialogue attributions are weird because people when they're reading can easily forget who it is who's talking, especially if you have two or three different people talking. So that's why you're constantly writing, you know, Philip said, Martin said, Gwen said. Uh, and when people are reading, the general theory is that their brain sees that and they recognize that that's who's talking, but they don't really even notice that they've read those things. It just kind of melts away. But in an audiobook, it gets incredibly repetitive to listen to. And Luke does such great different voices for every character that uh, my editor and I have so taken. Sexy. Yeah, exactly. So is uh, Philip. <laughs> well, <laughs> that goes without saying. But uh, <laughs> uh, we've taken to like half of the dialogue attributions in long conversations. We'll just make them read text to tell Luke that he doesn't have to read those out loud if he doesn't want to. 
Oh, so they're in the the final book, but he just gets special red text. Well, exactly. He, he does oh, like good. the best job of differentiating voices. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can tell any character immediately who they are. They're all iconic. Yep. I mean, I'm not trying to like brown nose Luke Daniels, but he's already yeah, he's been on the podcast. Here. We don't need to butter him he up. He made it clear he's not coming back. <laughs> Maybe so. we could get Philip to come back. <laughs> I I just don't understand why you've been giving Philip such a hard time. <laughs> oh, I knew this was coming. Oh, I've heard this. I, just, I mean, I don't want to, you know, it's, say what happens in the fifth book, so I won't bring it up. I just think uh, he's a good character, good morals, did good, and he was done wrong. Well, we might have to uh, announce some spoilers at a certain point, but I understand what you're saying, and I, I certainly think Philip is a good character and a good guy overall, but there's a couple things at play. One if nothing bad happens to good people, the book is going to be pretty boring. You know, you That's need you have Martin. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that brings me to the other thing because 99% of Martin's problems are self-inflicted <laughs> and my wizards are so powerful that really at this point, I've got a little bit of the Superman problem where they're so powerful that it's difficult for anything but themselves to cause themselves difficulty. And, uh, and Philip, I would argue uh, in my view, Philip's problems are actually largely self-inflicted. It can be argued that the person who then punishes him for those problems uh, overreacts a bit or does it in a way that you might not agree with. But if you look at it from that character's point of view, they have every right to be really angry at Philip, in my opinion. Yeah, so, we don't care. We'll just have to, <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you I, wrote the books and everything, <laughs> but I've listened to them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, li- listen, it's not that your opinion isn't important. And, and like I said, you're not the first person to have this opinion um, and express it to me, as you could tell by my reaction to it. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I don't I, I try to make my characters, for the most part, reasonable human beings. I want their motivations and their actions to be to some extent relatable. And I'm getting the impression that for a specific portion of my audience, the the character we're talking about's actions were not particularly relatable at the end of that book. That is something I have to, uh, I have to um, take into account. But like I said, um, I, I feel that that character has every reason to be really angry. And I, thought i laid out logically why they chose to do the things they chose and clearly that is something that i need to clarify oh no i don't i don't disagree i feel like that's probably out of everything that ever happens in this in your series that's probably the most realistic thing to happen i'm sure (laughs) more relationships are ended over sillier stuff you know but uh i think uh out of out of the things that have like i i don't I don't know what to say. I, I, I stop yelling. It, I think the whole point of a book is to give someone like emotions, right? And it definitely made me feel something. <laughs> and I don't want it to ever be changed in any way. I just thought uh, he just it's wants so you to real. Re- rewrite it to where <laughs> Philip gets everything he always wants forever. Yeah. Could you do that? That, that? that essentially is the first four books in the series. <laughs> 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 
That's, that is no, the no. perfect response because that's exactly true. I feel like she could have just put a banana in his tailpipe. <laughs> that's weird. I'm not going to fall, fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Um, but uh, no, no. And, and, I, and I see what you mean. And uh, like I said, you're not wrong to feel the way you feel. It's the way you feel. Um, I'm sorry uh, I got I, flustered. No. <laughs> you don't have to apologize <laughs> to him for writing your book. No, it was <laughs> your books are genius. I love oh, it. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. You flatter me, and and you'll be happy to know, and I don't think this really counts as a spoiler. At the beginning of the first book, you see Philip is doing fine. Uh, the, the There's a little bit of a time jump, and you see that, that things are good, and yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, however, um, is that the vast majority of the people who have shared your opinion are also dudes. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have I had very few women... Gay come to me and say that that character was out of line. So just got to throw that out there. Yeah, I agree. Women are dumb. That's... Yeah. <laughs> how, how much of your not... stuff do we have to cut out of my <laughs> I'm not sure that's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> In fact, I'm 100% certain it's not. Uh, I'm frankly beginning to wonder if I'm on the right podcast. But I warned you so I'm much. here now. Well, you didn't warn me. You just said... You just, when I said I would do it, you replied with, I can't believe you agreed to this, which, <laughs> which did make me nervous, I will admit. But uh, I, I said I would do it, and I am here. Um, so I don't think either of these guys have read it, but I, like, I love the Magic 2.0 series, but Masters of Formality is, like, one of my favorite things I've ever read. Thank you. Thank you. Do, it, do a sequel to that. I, I I actually have some ideas for a sequel to that. Um, I'm very proud of that book. It is, however, not my most commercially successful book. It's actually pretty close to the bottom. But uh, but I'm extremely proud of it. And uh, like I said, I have some ideas for a sequel. If I ever, you know, have have nothing else planned and, and some time to write one, I would love to write a sequel to it. But I can't promise it's going to be anytime soon. I have a another authorities book I want to do uh, before I get to that. I have an idea. You probably don't know this, but Corey here also wrote a book. Yes. Why don't you just let him write it? Yeah, I'll whip <laughs> something up for you, and then you could go through and change a few things, seeing how I don't know any of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to change some names and probably places. Also, Corey's book was a children's book, so it's going to have to be around 18 pages. Is that all good with you? Lots cool. of pictures, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, seeing seeing as the Master of Formalities books features a very wise female leader, I think Corey's take on that would be uh, would be interesting. <laughs> well, also it'd be kind of hard if it's going to be one of your audio books. <laughs> For the first six months, I don't think you'll get very many sales. Well, I just bought Masters of Formality, so you'll see that check in a couple of months. <laughs> um, I. I, I do have a question. Does yeah. uh, does the time travel stuff in Magic 2.0 give you a headache sometimes? It, sometimes. It's uh, <laughs> all the time. It's it, I enjoy writing the time travel stuff. I love a good time travel paradox. My, my favorite characters <laughs> to write are the Brits. But uh, but yeah, it's every every single Magic 2.0 book. After I've got the second and third draft done, it's just my wife and I sitting here arguing with each other about oh but but that can't work because they did this three books ago in the future but it was the past to them and, and it's 
you know, at, at this point, it's such a web. There's almost nothing I can have them do that won't interfere with something they've already done. I wondered if you got a lot of calls about that or, or just people saying, hey, this is not right. I do occasionally. I, I occasionally get people uh, calling with a time travel paradox. More often than not, it's people complaining that when they go back into the past, their cell phones shouldn't work, which in the first novel... <laughs> I spent paragraphs explaining how the cell phone works. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was but, my favorite part. I love I love a good cell phone story. <laughs> yeah, the, apparently the cell phone is vital. But uh, but yeah, I get a lot of I get a lot of that sort of thing. I, I just wondered because I, I I knew that myself I was I would be listening to the book and I'd think, well now that's a load of shit, and I think you know what, just let it go, just enjoy it. Yeah. I haven't noticed any. Thing. Like I'm so dense. Like I'm just like this. All seems right to me. Someone's doing the math. He's your kind of fan. I'm I'm delighted to hear that. I am you could be totally wrong, and I'm just like this guy must be a genius. <laughs> How did he get the cell phones to work? Uh, I uh, recently started listening to Run Program. Is that one of your popular ones? I that that book has uh yeah I mean. The magic, if there were a bar graph, it would be like the magic 2.0 books are skyscrapers and the other books are, you know, like four or five story building. So really anything that isn't the magic 2.0 is not as successful, but they've all done well enough that I'm proud of them. Uh, there's not there's not one of them that I, that I can point to and and say that it's slacking off. Are you I hope you're enjoying run programs. So I, far. I am. I just feel like I would understand if this one's not one of the big shows because <laughs> it feels like. A cautionary tale. I mean, like it's the future. I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, scary a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. Sadly, there are some things in that book that I think are fairly inevitable. But uh, but don't get too worried until you read how the book ends. Is, I, is what I'd say about. That. I really enjoy the main character and her relationship with like her friend that she works with and her boss. Yeah. I just I think she's charming. She's like a young Philip. Oh. Good, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I like her a lot too. My, uh, I mean, there are very few characters that I've written that I don't like. Even, even the villains. There's usually something about them that I like. I, uh, I don't know how far into run program you are, but I, if I ever come up with a, a plot line to write an entire book for the Voice of Reason, I would love to do it. Oh yeah, even though he's, he's ridiculous. <laughs> he is, but he's a lot of fun to write. I'm four hours in. Oh. So. That's pretty Not substantial. Yeah, yeah. Six hours to go. So you're uh, you're an illustrator, and I think I've seen your self-portrait, which is very good. Um, did you do the any of your book covers yourself? Oh no, no. I uh my uh my comic strip I did using uh, basically tracing over photos in Illustrator. I'm actually not as good an artist as I would like to be. That was uh, that was his oh. self-portrait, right, Josh? Or, or is that something else? Uh, if, if the self-portrait you're referring to, is it my sea captain uh, author? Yeah, yes. yeah. I, that actually, uh, I uh, I bought a sweater and a pipe and uh, and I posed for a photo. And then I superimposed it over a vacation photo of like the Washington <laughs> coast that I had. Then I sent it to a company, I believe called Instapating, that they take your photo and they send it to an artist in China who does an oil painting of your photo. Well, that's a little bit of a letdown. But well, yeah. we were given yeah, well, bad information by 
33% of this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, it seems like you did just as much work as that guy who painted it. So, Well, it's I don't know that I did as much. I certainly didn't do as much skilled work as the person who actually painted it. But uh, but no, it's I, I I'm glad you like the uh, image. I did it because I, the idea of it cracked me up. And uh, and uh, I if anyone needs an oil painting done, I guess this is a pretty good commercial. Well, it definitely is hilarious. <laughs> I, I I was. I was pretty impressed that you did it yourself, but it is kind of funny that you paid someone to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I were that talented. The irony is uh, that I always did the uh, comic strip, like I said, by tracing over photos, and I'm I'm sitting here, you know, lamenting that I'm not as talented as the artist who did that painting. But it just occurred to me that I remember from their literature that the way they do the paintings is by painting directly over the photo printed onto canvas. So really, they're doing the oil painting equivalent of what I did. Well, that's genius. I was checking out your comic strip earlier today, and and I thought that the uh, illustrations were pretty good. Well, thank you. Uh, if you read more than two or three of them, you'll begin to see that I uh, I, I really shamelessly recycled the artwork. <laughs> In fact, uh, I think the second book was called Made with 90% Recycled Art. And, uh, <laughs> really, I came up over the course of the eight years that I did that strip. I think it was eight years. I came up with maybe a grand total of five drawings of me that I thought were really good. <laughs> I just kept reusing those. That's the way to do it. That saves you time. Like What we like to do is if a podcast isn't very good, we just go back and cut jokes from a different one and put it in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or we just re-say them over and over again. Yeah. What's that joke you have, No, Josh? I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. I, I had a question. Uh, blanking. Yeah, answer, ask it. No. Go ahead. <laughs> He's not waiting. Anyway. Um, That's an interesting move. I've never seen people put someone more <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, this podcast, you know, it's a bit of a train wreck sometimes, but... <laughs> Yeah, did you see how emotional I got about talking about Phillips? <laughs> I've never felt that flustered ever on a podcast. <laughs> I didn't know I even cared that much. Oh no, I'm 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 nothing. I'm I'm delighted that you care about the character that much. Really, uh, the two characters I've written that are closest to me as a person are probably Philip and Wallard from Master of Formalities. I'm probably about fifty percent one and fifty percent the other. Really, I, I could tell I just, that hint of British accent. You in this, you seem a lot more like like Henning from Master Formalities. Really, is the, that a good thing? No, it's the, a bad. Oh, the villain, the, the villain, the we don't get probably it. the vilest character I've ever written. That's <laughs> so he's he's. Uh, so but this, I did love when he adopted what's his name. That was ridiculous. <laughs> in in Master Formalities, there's these two worlds that are at war. So they and. The, the main world ends up kidnapping the son from another world, and the rulers of the planet decide to adopt him and raise him to help, you know, smooth things out. But he's a dick. Okay. He's, he's awful. Um, have you ever seen the, movie, seen the movie or read the book Dune? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The idea, the initial idea for Master of Formalities was Downton Abbey, but set in the Dune universe. So that, that makes was, total sense why Josh likes it. That is pretty right on, though. That that is what I was going for, but of course it isn't actually the Dune universe. It's something I made up. But beyond that, I tried to then think, well, what would be an interesting interesting thing? I had just watched the first season of Game of Thrones, and if you know Game of Thrones, uh, you know that there's a, a guy 
who lives in the Stark household, who's actually the son of a rival house, who they essentially took prisoner, but also then decided to raise as their own. He's and also thought, a good man. Well, yes, yes. Thank you. You're a good man. It's, <laughs> yeah. After all he's been through, that that is his reward. <laughs> to, be told, right. to be told in a dead monotone by this guy who talks like Noel Fielding that you're a good man. But uh, obscure British comedian joke here in the States. But anyway, um, but then I thought, what if what if uh, that happened in Dune? But it was the Atreides adopting Fade, you know. But but I couldn't have him walk around in speedos the whole time. You could have. It really would have okay. spiced things up. Yeah. <laughs> make, well, my, make my long night at work go by faster. Well, I'm well. I, like I said, I I literally just bought it about two minutes ago, and I was kind of hoping there'd be at least one speedo in there. But oh, there are speedos in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everything <laughs> I write. Everything. Well, are you kidding me? <laughs> a book without speedos. What's the point? Now we'll go ahead and let the speedo people know what's going on maybe we could get you a sponsorship deal that's 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 my end game for this <laughs> and uh, of course now my cats have decided to have a fight on the desk while we're doing the podcast one moment let me uh see if i can chase them off we love cats the other day oh. jds pet seven dogs i did <laughs> <laughs> is that a record or something well i don't know how many dogs have you petted today scott okay today <laughs> Not not nearly seven, I'll tell you that much. I don't think I've ever pet seven dogs in the same day. It was just a random day. It's not like I went to yeah. the dog park or My okay. dog. I was I was picturing you going to the pound and just petting seven dogs in a row, then strutting out like you're a big man. But no, it, <laughs> well there was a lot just, of strutting, but yeah, no. It just uh, over the course of your day, seven dogs came into your path and got forcibly petted. That is that is a, a bread letter day. I, I will say though that um Dakota Dakota Kraut was not impressed. No. So he must live in a pretty dog-heavy region of the United States. <laughs> he he lives on he lives in Minnesota. Yeah. And he said it was negative sixty when we were recording. snow dogs. That's they they use the snow dogs to get everywhere. That's so right. he has a minimum of seven out front of his house every day. That all makes That's sense. True. Okay, so I, do, I do remember my question from earlier, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer because uh, it wouldn't make sense any other way. But I'm curious as to your writing style. Do you do you have everything mapped out and outlined or do you just kind of go with it? I, I mean, I feel like with the Magic 2.0 series, you have to outline it because it's oh so God. complex. Yeah, that's you're absolutely right. And just in general. Uh, I, I need to have a plan. Um, I, I actually, the first two times I tried to write a novel, I tried to just go off the top of my head, Stephen King style. And, uh, I wrote myself into a corner both times almost immediately. And I had no idea how to get out of it. Um, it was only when I started working on off to be the wizard and I wrote a good detailed outline. Uh, I found that that freed me up on the day that I actually sat down to write a scene, I didn't have to worry about what the big beats that were going to happen in that scene was. And I could concentrate instead on the dialogue and on making it as entertaining as I possibly could. So do you have a goal? Like, do you want to write X amount of words per day or do you just let it flow? When I'm, when I'm writing on a first draft, I, uh, I write every day, seven days a week until it is done. In fact, this book that I'm working on now is the first time that I've ever stopped during a vacation. Usually I've also written on vacation, which my wife is, has been very kind in putting up with. But, but I'm not sure it's entirely a great move on my part as a husband. But I write seven days a week 
And the goal is an hour and a half straight or a thousand words, whichever comes second. You know, if, if <laughs> I've got a th- if I've got a thousand words, but I've still got 20 minutes to go, I finish out the 20 minutes. Or if it's, I've done an hour and a half and I'm only at 800 words, I finish out the thousand. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. It seems like it would let you recharge creatively. Like, exactly. Uh, what's his name? Dakota. Dakota Crowd was telling us he likes to write 6,500 words a day. I don't oh. even know 6,500 words. Well, the beauty of writing a novel is you get to use a lot of the words more than once. But uh, see, that's why it was so hard for you. Though, <laughs> you yeah, you were making it so much harder for yourself. Than I it thought they all be. had to be different. <laughs> I broke my thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. What? <laughs> did I say it wrong? You, you did great, Corey. Butchered thesaurus. <laughs> thesaurus. There's no F in thesaurus. Thesaurus. <laughs> Dictionary. I'll edit that in. I don't know what what this podcast is. <laughs> well, this podcast is people send us in quests. <laughs> we, we answer them because we know what we're doing in life. Josh Stout, JDS here, pet seven dogs once. <laughs> My brother here broke his ankle and walked it off and fixed itself. So what? What? I, I, I don't think that works. And I wrote this <laughs> children's book. I mean, I'm stuck into this day. Yeah. Do you do you like list to the left or something when you walk? Is there is it do you walk as well as you did before you broke your ankle and walked it off? Is what I'm asking. I never thought about it. I've always felt like I do, but I noticed my right like it was my right ankle and my right shoes always wear out so much faster than my left. Well, you, I, I think this is what in in automotive circles they'd call an alignment problem. <laughs> Gotta go into the go into the uh, into the podiatrist and tell him that he needs to adjust the camber on your left foot. I'll let him know. What's a podiatrist? <laughs> a foot doctor. Oh, foot doctor. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna say chiropractor, but that's not. Well, that well, he he could probably adjust you too. I'll talk yeah. to him. So these questions were sent in by Steve and Sarah Campbell. How many questions? Yeah, I got a lot of mileage out of those questions. He said a lot. Do you know Steve Campbell? I do not know Steve Campbell. He is a terrific narrator. You'll probably never know him because he's not Luke Daniels. Oh, let me I, ask you about that. I have hitched my wagon to Luke Daniels, and I will keep... I, he is going to be dragging me along like dead weight until the day <laughs> he gets sick of it. Really. How did and you two end up together? Uh, I wrote my first book. It got published, and the publisher had the good sense to hire Luke Daniels. And I have never been anything but delighted with that decision. Anytime my book is narrated by a male, my first choice will be to, to have Luke Daniel. Okay, well, Steve Campbell might not be your narrator, but he's a really good friend, too. He I, is. I'm sure he is. I, I, I Nothing <laughs> against him. I don't know the man. He could be a prince, for all he I know. He probably just... do a female voice if you pay him enough. <laughs> no, he wouldn't do it for jobs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like your narrator from run program i think she does a great job she does she does an excellent job i'm very happy with her um, if she gets real popular you could hitch your wagon to her too well i've i've hitched a percentage of my wagon to her yeah the, <laughs> it's, it's just most of my books have had male uh protagonists so far so so luke has gotten the majority of the work but that's not all my books and and like I said, I've been very happy with her. I I cannot come up with her name for the life of me right now, and I feel terrible. Was it was it hard to write from a female perspective? It's Angela Daw. 
Angela. Thank you. No, no, it's uh, my brain does this to me. This is this is why I have to be a writer and not a performer. Is because if I try to do if I try to perform in front of an audience, I spend half the time snapping my finger and trying to come up with a word. So, but no, Angela Dodd did a wonderful job on Run Program. Nothing but happy with the work she did. Um, and before they came up with Angela Dodd, someone had asked a question. I forget what that question was now. Oh, I just was curious if it was, uh, is it hard to write from a female female perspective? You know, the, there's this is going to st- start out sounding like I'm either joking or I'm trying to make a reference to an old uh, Jack Nicholson movie. But, uh, but when I write a uh, female character, I try to think what a reasonable human being would do, and that's it. I stick <laughs> with that. Shining. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's as good as it gets. Uh, he played a writer who who makes a joke, a really dismissive and offensive joke about how he writes women characters, and uh, it starts almost like like I started that. But no, seriously, um, the my attitude about the difference between the uh, female thought process and the male process thought process is that they are in fact not different. What is different? is that men primarily expect women to have a different thought process. So when we try to anticipate what their crazy thoughts are going to be, uh, we are always wrong, and we think that they are being weird, when in fact they're just doing what we would probably do in their place. So, uh, Corey, when you wrote The Haunted Living Room, one mm -hmm. of your main characters was a woman. How did you get into her head? Well, see, what I did was she's three, so... (laughs) I just thought, what would a three-year-old do? And what would Jack Nicholson think a three-year-old would do? <laughs> I, I, I think that you're exactly right, and that's a great answer. Um, I just was curious if, like, uh, did your wife, after she read it, and she's like, uh, no, I wouldn't have done that. She's like, leave Philip alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, kick Philip harder, which I think what? is a problem. No, 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 that was a joke. No, uh, uh, my wife is the first person to read all my books. And uh, if there comes a day that she comes to me and says that the way I have a female character acting is completely unrealistic, I will listen. But uh, but thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Sounds like a sweet gig. (laughs) Kudos. Okay, first question. Yes, okay. Raisins, pro or con? Raisins have no reason to exist. Raisins are grapes that went bad. Yeah. Raisins are a raisins are a scam that has been pulled on us by someone who had a bunch of grapes that they allowed to spoil, but they still wanted to sell them. Isn't that called wine, though? No, wine is something they did with the grapes before they went bad. You raisins raisin are just dried up grapes. <laughs> uh, nothing better than a nice raisin wine. Or do you know what a uh, raisin eggs are? Oh, that's not the real name for them. That's just what I call them. What? Uh, raisins. <laughs> what? I forget people don't Are know the shit I make up words. Raisins dipped in that yogurt. Oh, yeah. Those are amazing. Yogurt, yogurt and raisins. Have you ever had raisin eggs? They're the same thing. I just call them different. Oh. <laughs> raisin eggs. It makes sense, though. They, now, like though they are shaped like eggs, but no, you, you, you're taking... Taking raisins, dipping them in yogurt, and pretending you've got something good is like, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to punch you, but first I'm going to roll my hand in broken glass. And then you'll like it because of that, because it's sparkly. You, you know, know it's, he's got a good point. Raisins are pretty good. It is a bit like eating a scab. Yes. Yes. But I like flavor. that. 
I also <laughs> think it's weird that a dog could die from eating a raisin. Yeah, raisins are bad for dogs. I know seven yeah, dogs. Chocolate, so. too. Chocolate, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I, I think you're looking at raisins all wrong. I think the raisins are there for, like, when you're, like, back in my old job, when I was listening to a lot of audiobooks walking through the desert, all we had was raisins. So, you know, I'm done with them, but I, I see why people like raisins. Now, have you actually ever eaten a raisin in your life on purpose? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, has there ever been a time when you've bitten into a cookie and thought, oh, good, raisin? <laughs> okay, you can't, you can't rely on Josh here. He was eating white chocolate macadamia nuts and thought all the white chocolate was macadamia nuts. He said, macadamia nuts, don't they just taste like chocolate? <laughs> Remember that? No, I don't. But he did think that the soy sauce at the sushi restaurant was syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how did you survive this one? I didn't have Alfredo until I was in college. <laughs> you're you're just lucky that your friends didn't let you continue to believe that, and then just give you soy sauce some morning when you have waffles. That's true. Uh, yeah. No. That doesn't sound bad, though. I had raisins this morning. Yes, it but does. Soy sauce on waffles sounds terrible. <laughs> Scott's right. I mean, raisins are not good on their own. What would we put in my raisin brand if they were gone? Just brand. I can't do that. <laughs> you know what? Brand is like whatever he said about raisins. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, well brand is, bran is utilitarian. Brand has a job. You don't eat brand because you want the beautiful taste of brand. Yeah, it keeps you regular. Well, I want to exactly. eat it because it tastes like raisins. So, <laughs> what would you what would you put in trail mix if there were no raisins? Raisins are in trail no, mix, right? No, not usually. Yeah, they are. Special yeah. trail mix that you make yourself? No, raisins are often in trail mix. I'm with them on this. But every time I've ever been involved with trail mix that raisins were in, at the end, there were like three peanuts and a bunch of beat up looking raisins because everyone's been picking around them. And let's be honest, everyone's digging for the the two or three M and M's that are in there. Exactly. Exactly. You need the calcium. I you make start my with the M and M's, then it's a fight to see who can get the pretzel bits if there are pretzels. Oh. And uh, forget pretzels. Expensive trail mix you guys got. <laughs> I just eat raisin bran. Well, I when I say trail mix, I just eat Chex mix, but I eat it on a trail. So I I had some trip. This is not a podcast about trail mix, but I had some trail mix this morning, and it was just cashews. Uh, yogurt, eggs, or raisin eggs, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and dried cherries, which are which are way better than raisins, and you should put that in everything. Oh yeah, in place I, of raisins. Hey, I'm with you, Scott. If we could just put those dried cherries in there, I, I'll stop making raisins right now. How did I I'm, become the dried cherries guy? I I haven't. <laughs> you're with me on that. I I said nothing. I think the biggest loss if raisins didn't exist would be. Uh, the California raisins. That is true. Probably that is true. Probably no, to no, me, the gold nothing. standard of dried fruit is the banana chip. You got the banana chip, then you got everything else way below that. That's true. That's true. Me and him have very similar dried fruit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we got this, right? Go Let's ahead. talk about raisins a little bit longer. <laughs> we talked talk about, about raisins, raisins longer, almost longer bites. than we talked about <laughs> <laughs> Talk, yeah, we talked about raisins way longer than we talked about your book. <laughs> well, Next, I was going to say that, then I remembered, no, you and my's argument about book five. It I wasn't an argument. I just got belligerent, and you had to calm <laughs> me down. <laughs> uh, Next question. Who is guilty of harassment? 
Wiley E. Coyote or Roadrunner? Oh, Wiley E. Coyote. Yeah, that was not. That's not a good what? question, Steve. No, no, no. You guys are wrong. If Wiley if, Coyote is defending himself from what? The Roadrunner. From what? Hunger? He's trying to eat the Roadrunner. And the Roadrunner's not letting him. <laughs> the Roadrunner is always antagonizing him. I'm now, genuinely speechless, but, but, but that's a weird position to take. That the Roadrunner is out of line for not allowing himself to be eaten. <laughs> you know, strutting around wearing those bright colors. I will say this. I don't know how well you guys remember the old Roadrunner comics, but if I ever do show up at a Comic-Con in cosplay... It will be as Batman, but not as Batman. It will be as Wiley e. Coyote in the Acme Batman outfit. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be a tough yeah. one to pull off, though. We'd be able to spot you pretty easily. Yep, yep. Really, the coyote nose and face would be the hard part. The the outfit's just a bodysuit with bat wings. So now the coyote was the one who painted shit on bricks and stuff, right? Like different roads and yeah. And then the roadrunner would just run right through them. Yes. So, so, so as an artist, Scott, I don't understand how you don't support the coyote. Oh, I'm not saying I don't support the coyote. The coyote's just looking for food. I'm just, my answer was just based on the fact that if the coyote didn't start anything, the roadrunner would have never gotten anywhere near him. There would have been nothing. The the yeah. coyote instigated all the problems. I think so. you missed the first episode where the roadrunner tried to eat the coyote. <laughs> You're right. I missed that one. <laughs> but, but that's not what happened. So we can all agree it was the So what which happened? One? The Roadrunner. The Roadrunner slept with the coyote's wife and everyone forgets that. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if there was ever a time that the coyote dressed up as a female roadrunner. I think the coyote made a female roadrunner like out of brooms and and a bomb. I always assumed the Roadrunner was a female. Yeah, I don't know why I did too, but... Probably because yeah. the attraction, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did look up the uh, uh, Wily e. Coyote in the Batman suit, and yeah. yeah, you're right, that would be a dope costume. <laughs> Wouldn't it? It's pretty green, you just look like a green screen with bat wings. Well, there you go, you've already got all the all the material to make it. Yeah, yeah. buy a green screen. Yeah, so, it's just a matter of having the will to pull it off. And also a coyote costume. You, you guys constantly <laughs> forget that. No, you just need a mask. I mean, you can just buy a whole coyote face. Those are cheap. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. There's Next question. Sound. Okay. <laughs> Bracing myself. How do you pronounce... Well, this is a tricky one. G-I-F. Oh. G-I-F? Yeah. I personally pronounce it GIF. I've been told GIF is... Uh, is a more proper, butter? but to me it sounds like peanut butter. So I, I still go with GIF. I, I can't think of another short word that starts with G that is a J sound. So GIF I just has always sounded better. I, I have it on good authority that the creator of the GIF calls it a GIF. Yeah. You're giving yeah, it that's to someone. wrong. The creator of it calls it a GIF. No, I think the creator no. of it originally meant for it to be GIF, but it he calls it GIF now. The creator calls it GIF, and then the argument is that he's not a linguist. He doesn't get to change the way letters sound because he wants it to. Oh, yeah, maybe I've got it wrong. Now, but... no, I... now uh, Josh, for for the laymans out there that don't know what that thing is, why don't you explain to them? <laughs> it's a picture that moves Oh, on your computer. It's a like, GIF. A, like a short video. Like a GIF, right? Yeah. 
Yes, like <laughs> Guys, I was wrong. <laughs> Josh is right. As it's always. Jif. Oh, Josh wins. It's Jif. <laughs> but it's not Jif. It is Jif. It's not Jif. See, Jif is also, you could get it crunchy, you could get it smooth, you can put it on a sandwich. The creator, Roadrunner, calls it Jif. Coyote. It's Jif. Okay, so let me, and that line of questioning. I'll take it from a person who wrote a book full of impossible to pronounce names. Uh, just because I imagine a word is going to be pronounced a certain way doesn't mean that it ends up getting pronounced that certain way. No, and do you have an like, example of that? Half of the names in Master of Formalities. Oh, and, uh, man. I actually, so ended up, I actually ended up uh, writing a, uh, a big list of names and reading them off as I imagined them to be pronounced for Luke before he narrated it. So that he, he could was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, I think there was one name he overruled me on. I forget what it was. You got to listen to him, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, once he does it, that's it's like locked in stone. <laughs> <laughs> once he starts re- like you're gonna make him re-record the whole book that's the name wrong you're like no luke i don't accept this like luke, there no actually one- there actually was uh the the fifth book uh out of spite out of mind there was uh a sentence that i wrote that you know i wrote it and it sounded good to me i edited it and it sounded good to me i went through three or four drafts my wife read it my 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 agent read it the editor read it and then uh, after Luke had recorded it, I look at it and it was the worst, most ridiculous sentence I had ever written in my life. And and I, I pointed that sentence out to my editor and he agreed. And we actually made poor Luke go in and reread an entire page of dialogue just to <laughs> uh, just to fix this one idiotic sentence I had crafted. I would have stuck with it. You got to that would that would be a good thing for people to latch on to. They could overlook all your you know, time travel loopholes and just be like, it's bad because of this one sentence. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) This one sentence where he uses the word that five times in one sentence. That's the most important part of the book. Um, They'd overlook what you did to Philip and Corey would be yelling at you about that. Yeah, I I apologize for that. (laughs) I'm not in any way upset. I've been joking around, but... I am not in any way upset. You have every right to feel however you felt about the book. You were actually fairly polite about it. Fairly. You were quite polite about it. Well, I'm but, glad uh, you agreed to change it for me. Let me just explain to you that I, I made a point of talking to Corey before the podcast <laughs> to tell him not to be mean to you about Philip. <laughs> and he agreed that he's never been mean to anyone, which I don't know where I thought I was good. I didn't know I was so passionate about Philip's plight. <laughs> You should have seen him. He was frothing at the mouth when he was yeah. yelling at you. It's crazy. Well, here's just something to keep in mind. Corey can be a man or a woman's name. So yeah. if you just fill up, you know, start oh. stating a lady named Corey, Corey will know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, write, I'll write a woman named Corey who treats him very nicely. If she's a famous children's book writer, you go right ahead and do that. <laughs> Medieval Times, famous children. Well, they go, you know. I don't know if you've read the books or anything. There's got to be children's books in Camelot. No, God, why do I want to say Atlanta? It's definitely not Atlanta. You know the word I'm thinking? Atlantis. Atlantis. Thank you. Oh, they don't have time for books. They just have buff men. That's right. (laughs) Buff men in kilts walking around. (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're over-sexualizing men in your books? I... (laughs) 
<laughs> no. Because, <laughs> A, Atlantis is the only place that happens. And, B, even if I were, the scale has been so tilted the other direction, I, I would have to over-sexualize men like every day of my life for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's even... what JDS does. Is is that what you think that the like machoist man wears is a fishnet shirt and a kilt? <laughs> no. Are you no. an Aquaman? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm only human. And secondly, <laughs> I'm not saying that all the machoist men wear that. I'm saying I wear that. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to use yourself as an example as the machoist man on Earth. Now well, you've seen the painting of me as a sea captain. You know what I'm. You know what I'm working with here. <laughs> <laughs> now I've only read. I have to admit, I've only read the first two Magic 2.0 books. Um, but I have to know. You can spoil this. Is the the bodyguard? He's not in any of the other books, is he? The the one that that uh, is trying Ampex. to mimic Martin. Yeah, Ampix. Um, I know I, that I kind of summed him up at the end of the book. I hope to use him again someday, but it, the, there just hasn't been a natural place for him to come into play again. He so. was a... I, I hated him at first. Well, hang on. I don't want to interrupt you there, but your books are about friggin' time travel, man. There's always a natural place to pop anyone back in. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if... I mean, I need there to be a reason for them... To, 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 to talk to him. You know, I can't just just on a whim draw in any human being who's ever been in the book, you know, for what? fun. There there has to be a reason. And they could just be picking up groceries and he's there. <laughs> <laughs> and what a riveting scene that would be. <laughs> we would enjoy it. Three of us would buy the book. I would, yeah. Well, he just was like, he's a great character because, like, at first you don't like him, but then as you're going through the book, you're like, this guy's pretty awesome. Good, good. I'm glad everybody likes him. That's why everyone loves. I think you're wrong about gift, Josh. To bring it to bring it full circle. (laughs) Uh, And I I didn't want to do this. You know, I like to bring up the Wheel of Time. (laughs) You specifically (laughs) promised you weren't going to bring up the Wheel of Time right before we started. And I I feel like the creator has some say in in the name, uh, especially because, like, he specifically, if the the creator specifically said it was Jif, then it's Jif. That's just what it is. It's not. It's not a proper noun. What does that mean? What does that have anything to do with it? Why is it capitalized on my paper here? It's all capitalized on your paper. It's a file format. Isn't that how you do proper? I understand where you're coming from. Does GIF stand for anything? Graphic. Scott, does GIF stand for anything? I think think it's graphic interchange format. Giant image folder. So tell me how graphic (laughs) interchange format is I'm working on it. I am working on it. I can come up with a way. Maybe we can pass on this one. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is the way language... Ideally, I can I can see the argument in an idealized sense that what the person wanted it to uh, to be is what it should be. But the way language actually ends up working is that the vast majority of people pronounce it a certain way. That's how the word is pronounced. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's I, I believe ain't is now considered officially to be a word, even though my entire childhood I was I was chastised any time I used the word ain't. Because you can use it all you want on this podcast. I, I, I had a feeling that I tried to figure out a way to use it in a, in a sentence there, and I couldn't <laughs> construct the sentence. But, uh, but no, it's it's just I think I think if enough people, if we all gather together 
and call it GIF, we'll overrule the guy who invented it. Okay. We kind of already did. I think so. Yeah. Well, I agree with everybody. Good job, guys. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> 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 Next question. You, you are a born diplomat, my friend. You. We gotta get you to the UN. Now, Scott, this question is is perfect for you. I feel. Is it about raisins? He had a very uh, strong reaction to raisins. No, no. How often should you wash your towels? Mm. Oh, um, uh, my understanding is roughly every three to four uses. Mm. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying so, I do that. Like, no I'm matter what you use them for? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually, that's actually an excellent point. That so is an not, excellent not to brag, Scott, but I just got a new puppy. So uh-huh. he likes to pee on my floor constantly. Uh-huh. So I'm using the towels to wipe them up. And then using them after you get out of the shower. Yeah, if I use them to wipe the pee up, I have to throw them in the dryer before I dry off <laughs> them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope you throw them in the washer before the dryer. I hope it's not pee directly to the dryer. Well, once you hit it in the dryer, the heat, the heat kills, kills all the, the germs. Yeah, Scott, come on. Yeah, but it's still pee. <laughs> it's... Pee is sterile when it first comes out, I hear. <laughs> in the movie Dodgeball? <laughs> no, 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 and no, that's... that's... Man, woman, wild show where she drank his pee. No, that's yeah, not a thing. That happened. The sh- first, there's no show called Man, Woman, Wild. There, there was. There could Google be. It. That sounds. Oh, I think there was. Yeah, I, mean, I think there was. This is I a think bad it was a competitor to Naked and Afraid. But yeah. If I'm wrong. If you're wrong, you'll drink there's a, sterile pee. There's a man, woman, wild. There as soon as I typed in man, man, I hate this. Man, I you look so show. dumb right now. <laughs> <laughs> So how often do you wash your towels? Uh, well, I it just it depends on the towel actually, because I go by smell. <laughs> like I, as soon as there's any whiff of like dampness or you know how towels kind of get that smell. I don't yeah, know. towel smell. Yeah, I don't like it, yeah. so I I wash it immediately. So one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard was when uh, me and you, Josh Hatfield, stayed at a hotel. And you were the last person to take a shower after my family and your wife. And uh, you get out and your wife hands you a little hand towel to dry <laughs> off with. And she said, I'm so sorry. I'll try. I'll get you a different towel. And you said, no, that's OK. I hardly ever get wet when I take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I say that? I don't know. But it was so funny. And true, you came out like a dolphin. Yeah, you're very. You just shook off. Uh, yeah, I wiped myself down. <laughs> it's probably like I don't even use it. He treats himself with Rain-X. The water just just rolls off in sheets. Yeah, it's smart. Squeegee. So you, it's uh, like a, Scott. So you use liquid towel. Oh, yes. Well, it's like right. that episode of Dexter's Lab where he laminated himself. Mm-hmm. Or that time he learned French on accident. Yeah. Omelette du fromage. That's cheese omelet in French, guys. <laughs> Do you agree, Scott? That is cheese omelet. Yes. All right. Point to Scott. There was also there was also an episode of the animated version of The Tick where uh, someone rewired his brain so he could only speak second year French. (laughs) (laughs) Were you a fan of that show? Yes, I was a huge fan of the animated Tick. I was a huge fan of the uh, original TV series The Tick. I love the Venture Brothers, which is written by two of the guys who wrote The Tick. I have not been able to get into the current version of the tick. Really? I, I need I to give it another chance. It's I, different. I really, yeah, it's it's definitely more 
like CW style. <laughs> you in this? I, I don't know. Like drama. it's because it's more about Arthur. It's all about his like mental state and stuff. But I loved it. Do you yeah, remember I, the episode where the tick fought the other tick? Oh, absolutely. That was my favorite episode. Well, that there's, was the there's one where he got the rat. That was where he got the dog that was actually a rat. Yeah, it's a he's the world's largest rodent, Arthur. Um, but no, there's there's the episode <laughs> where there's that the episode where he watched the uh, where he fought the other version of himself that was cloned from mucus, and there was the one where he fought the other superhero who called himself the Tick, yeah, but had no powers. The, the, wasn't he super strong? Well, he I was remember squeezing the Tick, or was yeah, that just yeah, a heart? No, I think you might be right. He might have had some powers. He just wasn't nearly as strong as the tick. I think he like got the tick's head clamped in something and squeezing it. Okay, let's quit talking about the tick. Well, After no. this one thing I say, my favorite <laughs> tick <laughs> character was the wallet angler. You remember him from the sewers that looked like a wallet? And then when you went to grab it, it was a monster. <laughs> oh, I only vaguely remember that. Oh, it's genius. Go ahead and put one of those in your book. <laughs> I was just going to say that next next week we're going to be doing an episode of Everyone Loves the Tick, our new podcast. Yeah. And I thought Scott might want to be on. I thought we were calling it Tick Time. Or Tick Tock. Tick for Tat. Tick for Tack. To oh. tap. Your Tick fans, do you watch the Venture Brothers? I do. Yeah. Uh, good. He even owns one of those uh, fake shirt collar things. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I still like this show, but it's lost a lot of oomph after they stopped cloning them. Yeah. Uh, I, I still like it, but I, I I can see I can see what you why someone might feel that way. Really, well, I just once, the monarch is my spirit animal. So I understand that he's a he's a fine fella, <laughs> but once they start with the character progression, that puts a you know it can only run so long when you're progressing the characters. Like, do you ever watch <laughs> It's Always Sunny? No, no, I've 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 not watched It's Always Sunny. It's never gonna go off the air because they're the same characters today as they were. 10 years ago when the show started. Yeah, They're all just garbage assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Once you start progressing the characters and they start growing, they can only go so far. They have a foolproof plan. They go a few years, they throw Danny DeVito in there. See, I think think the general (laughs) accepted wisdom on that might be the opposite. That by having your characters grow, you can continue to make the show new and fresh. Whereas if you just have the characters. But I've always been told, I, I remember reading somewhere, always been told, like it's lore or something. I've read somewhere that on MASH, the reason they had to get rid of Burns and bring in Winchester was because they had written Burns in such a way that he could not grow. And every other character could change over time, but Burns just had to keep being, you know, Larry Linville. So they, they had to get rid of him. Yeah, he couldn't grow because he had that disease, that bone disease. He would always be a tiny little guy, I believe. Right. So let me, <laughs> let me put it this way. <laughs> Joke nailed. I understand yes. what you're saying, but how long has The Simpsons been on the air? The Simpsons has been on the air <laughs> somewhat a, a very long time. I would counter that question by asking you, how long should it have been on the air? Oh, my gosh. You're asking the wrong guy that, Scott. <laughs> yeah. He loves it. He loves so it I'm, almost as much as he loves Philip. So let me, let me, to the to the right of me is a collection of Simpsons action figures. Uh-huh. To the left of me is a collection of Simpsons DVDs. I was on a Simpsons podcast where I talked about my five favorite episodes. But the point is, the characters do not change. 
So the show, granted, it's stagnant. It's stale. It's never going out. It's never going to get any better, but it's never going to get any worse. So so was Lisa a vegetarian in the first episode? Yeah, they just didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what I'm, you're saying. Yeah. And I, I, I take that argument to a certain extent, but most people say The Simpsons peaked between eight and ten seasons. Around Principal Tanzarian? Yeah. <laughs> that was season 12. People say it peaked before then. But essentially, that's when the characters stopped growing. Like See, nothing... that's about when that's about when I stopped watching. So it's entirely possible that you're right that the characters have been locked in amber since then. Actually, you know, it's funny. I remember the moment that I sort of gave up on The Simpsons because I was obsessed with The Simpsons for a very long time, and I still, even though I haven't watched it in a very long time now, uh, I still talk in about thirty percent Simpsons quote. But uh, but. The moment they lost me was there was one episode where Skinner and Krabappel stopped dating and and also just in a line of throwaway dialogue, they just mentioned, oh, and Barney is drinking again. <laughs> just I think that's clever writing. <laughs> well, it's economical. I give you that. But it, it was just, you know, as, a, as someone who was watching and had never written anything at that point, uh, anything longer than a one-liner um i felt like well what have i been watching for the last two years for if two years of continuity has just been you know thrown out uh on a whim was how i felt well that's around the time they so was it the first two seasons weren't all that successful and then season three they got almost an entirely new production team so from three to ten or twelve is where it really expanded you know, as opposed to Barney Stop Drinking, they originally wanted to kill him. Do you mm. think it would have been better if they killed him? And then in that episode you were talking about, they said, oh, also Barney's alive again? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been more jarring. I give you that. I think that would have been great, though. Yeah, yeah. Good writing, I'd say. I'm just glad uh, Barney's a Homer is still the Plow King. I'm glad they kept that up. Yeah. Last question, guys. Are you ready for this? I'm bracing myself. If you could only use one condiment for the rest of your life, what would the condiment be? Ranch dressing. Ugh. What yeah. do you mean, uh? Yeah, let's go gross. It's great for everything. Actually, no, it would probably be hot sauce, now that I think about it. Because you can put... Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with much-up. Much-up. So mixture of ketchup and mustard. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm. Gosh, princess Isn't sauce. Isn't that Thousand Island dressing, basically? Princess sauce isn't a condiment. It could be if you use it right. It is a Dairy Queen. Really? Yeah, you dip your your fries, your toast, no, that's your gravy. chicken. Just gravy. What's princess? Princess, princess sauces. Oh, I call gravy princess. No. <laughs> <laughs> princess sauce is a uh, is a uh, red sauce and white sauce. I, I, I don't know. think he knows. It's he delicious. Has no idea. I, get a, I used to work at Fazoli's, guys. I know what the hell princess sauce is. I was the was master. That, was that I invented bragging? it. You're bragging. I invented you princess sauce no, on wait. accident one day. I, I have to say, is gravy a condom? Yes. <laughs> you change your answer. It can oh. be. At We've the end of the it. day, anything's a condiment if you use it properly. <laughs> <laughs> like syrup, they're putting it in the Chinese food restaurants now. I think right that, on the table. <laughs> I feel like we need an official uh, definition. Gravy. That, there's your next podcast. Condiment or not. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
So, so a condiment is a substitute such as salt or ketchup Stale. that is used to add flavor to a food. So, so salt is a condiment. Oh, oh. well, there you go. There's my answer. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. I was going to agree with that. You love salt licks. <laughs> no. Not funny. Um, Scott, we'll send you a picture of JDS's face, and you can tell me as a horse face. That's not nice. <laughs> this is the part of the episode. There's all. It always comes to this point where... <laughs> We get we get a little tired, we get a little cranky, and then they start calling me a horse, <laughs> making horse jokes. To be fair, it's a new thing for me. I was just on board with Josh Stills <laughs> all those years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so you I- were talking about how you love a, uh, you know, oat bran. Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't saying I love oat bran. I was saying that oat bran serves a purpose. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I, should have, I should have clarified who I was talking to when I said, was that you? Oh, I think me and you could have the same condiment, JDS. Okay. Uh, quesadilla sauce oh from Taco gosh. Bell. Yeah, there's, you can get your salt out of that. No, no. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's a solid choice. I get, when I go to Taco Bell, I get three sides of the quesadilla sauce. Two. Whoa, I, that's 90 cents. Yeah, I know. Two of them I use for my tacos and burritos. The other one I take home for whatever I want to dip into it at home. So, Scott, Whoa, we, don't wanna, we don't want to make you feel inadequate or anything, but JDS was once the Taco Bell customer of the week. That's true. Really? That's true. They pulled my name out of the fishbowl. And uh, what did you win? I got a free dinner or lunch or whatever. <laughs> I don't think that it was very structured. Small I don't drink. think it was very structured at the time. <laughs> I just was going there an awful lot. Now you said uh, the best condiment. I think um, if we're going to go with my favorite uh, condiment from a specific fast from specifically fast food restaurants, it would have to be the Arby's horsey sauce. Ooh, that's good. Oh, I like the spice. I'm changing my answer. Yeah, the shamrock yeah. shake. <laughs> you can use that to add flavor to a food. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, like, like I said, anything can be a condiment if your if your standards are lax enough. Yeah, mine's lasagna. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nothing better than a pizza dipped in lasagna. Oh my god, <laughs> that does sound amazing. Yeah, it lasagna really does actually. Because like if you take if you take lasagna and then set another lasagna on top of it, mm-hmm. it's just one lasagna. <laughs> it just keeps going infinitely. Lasagna is modular like, like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, cake. <laughs> cake's kind of like that. No, cake's a lot like that. I forgot about cake. Cake and lasagna are, are brothers, though, in, in the bricks. food world. And bricks when you... That's a hard condiment to swallow, though. Well, you know how they have breakfast burritos. In theory, you could have all three meals in one... In one uh, have an entire meal in one lasagna. Yeah. You know, it could be it could be like a layer of salad on the top. Then lasagna through the middle, then like cake on the bottom. <laughs> and some raisins in between. Mm. So you can what? make it even more horrible. Why must you ruin my beautiful inv- invention with your raisins? Well, I'm not to be rude, Scott, but I think the raisins really made that dish for me. And that's probably what I'm going to make for dinner tomorrow. Well, to each their own. <laughs> better you than to, it's like I my dad to... always says, better you than me. I have to say, I did just look up the definition for lasagna, and it doesn't say anything about cake layers, so it might be out. Well, <laughs> you know what a lasagna is, right? You're, yeah, explain you're... to me what a lasagna is, Corey. Layers of different things. The bottom no, it's layer. it's not different things. It's you, you put down the sauce, you put down the noodles, you put down the, the meat sauce mixture, another layer of noodles. What would you say, Scott? Salad? You put a salad <laughs> in there? It's like a savory parfait. And then another layer, and then some 
croutons on top and then some like breakfast sausage. Okay. I'm not saying that what we're describing here is lasagna as you've known it. I'm (laughs) saying it's lasagna as it could be. Oh, okay. The next level of what? Well, you write books about the future. Can't you just make that a thing? Yes, I can. Can and will, my friend. If if there's no all-in-one lasagna meal in Magic 2.0 Book 7, I'm going to be very disappointed. Like, is that a breakfast lasagna? No, this is the all-day lasagna. That's right. I just eat out this lasagna slowly over the course of the day. (laughs) I I have this specially made lasagna trough that hangs from the collar of my shirt. At any given moment, I just lower my face and take a bite. I guess if you were pretty strategic, you could do breakfast on top, lunch in the middle, and then dinner on the bottom. So as you're eating, now, now you're using your head, my friend. And you use the noodles so things like syrup doesn't seep in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so do we want to call this thing? Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just skip work. It's not a big deal. Do you care to podcast for another nine hours, Scott? Oh, I, I, as, 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 <laughs> as wonderful as another nine hours of whatever this has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have good news for you, Scott. You really pulled ahead with that that raisin answer, even though I didn't agree with it. And then you you won. You won with the all day lasagna. Congratulations. Woo! I am I am the winner. <laughs> you did it. That's big. The only problem is that means that now you have to come back next week and defend your victory. But luckily that means me or you can leave JD. So you're in the, the podcast, now. podcast now. This is how it works. That's how it works, Scott. Sorry. Uh, so I, I sent you the rules before we started, man. You signed off on this. You gotta read that shit when you get it. <laughs> That's right. I didn't read so the Scott, where can people uh, find your books and send you tons of money? My books are available on Amazon. Um, there's the Magic 2.0 series, Master Formalities, The Authorities Run Program, um, my uh, old web comic that we mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast is available at basicinstructions.net and uh the next book in the magic 2.0 series oh they're also all of my novels are available on audible as well uh most of them narrated by the by the fantastic luke uh, daniels and those that aren't are narrated by angela da who is equally awesome and uh the next book in the magic 2.0 series is available on audible on the 6th of june it's the sixth book available on the sixth day of the sixth month and no that was not deliberate but it is called the vex generation and i'm very proud of it and if you download it the devil appears correct? <laughs> that's right <laughs> well i already have it pre-ordered so there's my two bucks for you oh uh, thank you do appreciate it um all right scott you did a really good job of plugging yourself the last guy we had mm-hmm. on we were like where can we find you and he's like amazon I, I had to actually I, I semi memorized that whole spiel. I am not good at self promotion. You didn't so thank mention you. your website, scottmeyer.rocks. Well <laughs> modesty forbids I created a website that I'm I'm too modest to actually say. <laughs> I saw that and I thought that's a good move. Yeah, like that. That's where you sell those pet rocks, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, it's it's my it's it's the website for the quarry that I run on the side. <laughs> you know, if you need to buy some pea gravel, I'm the guy to come to. All right, Scott. Well, we appreciate you having us. You know, having us on your podcast. Yeah, I, we appreciate that. 
I have I have joked around about about being confused, but I have genuinely enjoyed. It. Thanks for having me on. Oh, glad. And I am not coming on next week. <laughs> Neither are we. Yeah, <laughs> you, you say that until you get the phone call. The right, entire podcast is me angrily shouting that I refuse to do the podcast. Just an hour of no, no, I said no. Stop calling me back. <laughs> All right, Scott, you want to go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional way? <laughs> I, I would if I had any idea what the way is. Uh, it is us asking the guest if they'd like to end the podcast in the traditional way. Ah, yes, then yes. I would like to end the podcast in the traditional way. Feel free to ask. That was great. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Might be what the question is. It's Josh versus Josh. So send in your questions, they might give you replies. They're pretty cool people, and that Corey's a cool guy. It's Josh versus Josh. Let's start the debate. Josh versus Josh versus so send in your questions they'll pay you lots of money send in your questions no they won't well it's pretty cool now because my song's on the radio it's josh versus josh versus josh would you rather we call you like mr meyer or daddy or something no, no. I actively want you to not call me daddy. Let me be clear on that. I, I do too, actually, Scott. I okay. specifically forbid you calling me daddy. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, JVJ Podcast. You can find us at jvjpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Stitcher, and iTunes. <laughs> That's right, Josh. And if you would like to hear your questions, just send me an email at cjh at jvjpodcast.com. Yeah, and if you're an author or a narrator and you would like to be on the podcast, you can just uh, contact us at jah at jvjpodcast.com. As always, stay frosty.